Blog Talk Radio. Hey, no, after an amateur, I mean, two of the open one. The last of the very popular pop call, the culture of family medicine, Bolton, I'm a
welcome back to the show here, and uh, I will uh, start uh, a little bit now. Well, I won't start the whole thing over, but uh, I will uh, let the chat room lead me on here to see if this audio here is a little bit a uh, little bit better. I have reset the audio here. This is the the beauty of live live radio here. So um, I I did reset my Skype here, and I will uh, I will continue to talk here until I. Uh, until I uh, hear from my chat room here. So so my guest uh, coming up uh, will be the authors of the uh, blog called The Future of Family Medicine Blog. You can get there by going to futureoffamilymedicine.blogspot.com. And I uh, put that link in the chat room there for everybody to check out. Joining me tonight will be uh, Kevin, and uh, he's on Twitter at uh, ndstudent31, and also Andy, and his Twitter is a Maverick MD 2012, and that's right. I have given you permission to start the Top Gun jokes. <laughs> they are medical student leaders, and uh, you have to. This this is their uh, leadership resume, and uh, it includes the uh, student board member of the American Academy of Family Physicians, the speaker of the. Uh, medical student section of the American Medical Association, the student chair of the 2011 AAFP National Conference of Family Medicine Residents and Medical Students. Basically, they are too good to be on this show. <laughs> I very much appreciate them slumming it and, uh, and joining me here on the show. Also, a big shout-out uh, to the uh, AAFP FNIG Network, and the Pennsylvania Academy of Family Physicians for uh, tweeting out and, and uh, including the show on their Facebook page. Um, I very much uh, appreciate that. Uh, so before we get going here, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring the show again here this evening on the front page. Welcome to those of you who are new to the show. And I have been the social media hobbyist since uh, 2005. And if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I am a family physician in full-time private practice here in beautiful but cold Northeastern Ohio, it is 22 degrees Fahrenheit. Had some snow here today as well. And if you're listening live, uh, you can see my smiling face here on the webcam here this evening. Just go to the top of the chat room and click on the webcam icon, and you can see me do the show right before your eyes. Very exciting, I know. Uh, before I go to the break here, I do want to give a big shout-out to everyone in my chat room. Here we do have our guests in our chat room uh, we have uh, J-Man from the I'm With Stupid show, uh, whose uh, show goes live at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Very funny show. Um, also, Living Well Doc. Also, Aaron Breedlove. And also, a couple of guests. Shout out to the guests. If the guests would like to participate and type in the chat room and make fun of me like everyone else, I encourage you to register here at Blog Talk Radio. Also, one week from tonight will be the last Dr. Anonymous show for a while. I'll explain further next week. But I'm very happy to announce that the interview next week will be with Kevin M.D. himself, Dr. Kevin Foe, arguably the most influential blog in the medical blogosphere. Our topics will include his talk coming up at the Texas Medical Association on January 29th. I'm very excited about that. So we will... Uh, take my break and after the break we will have uh, Kevin and Andy talking about the future of family medicine blog you're listening to the Dr. Anonymous show in partnership 
with the Family Medicine Education Consortium. You can get there by going to fmec.net. And also a member of the ProMed Network of Podcasts. You can get there by going to promednetwork.com. We'll be right back. Yes, that's right, kids. More fun than the Golden Globe Awards. This is the Dr. Anonymous Show live on a Thursday night here on Blog Talk Radio. On the line we have us with uh, right now, my good friend, Maverick. I'm going to call him Maverick during the show. And also, Kevin, welcome to the uh, show there, gentlemen. Hello. How's it going, everyone? (laughs) Uh, how are you guys doing? I apologize for the technical difficulties at the beginning of the show. I think uh, that was the AFP already sabotaging my show. Just kidding. <laughs> We're listening in. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I love the AFP. <laughs> so, so how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, it's cold. Yeah, it's quite cold. cold. <laughs> so uh so so Kevin where, where where are you at right now? Are you are you at home now? Are you are you hanging out or are you on rotation? What what are you doing these days there, Kevin? Well, I am home right now in good old Quakertown, Pennsylvania, um preparing for the little uh snowstorm we're gonna have um tonight into tomorrow. Uh I'm also currently on my rheumatology rotation, which has been awesome. Um, some of my colleagues call it rumor holiday, but I actually am enjoying it. Uh, I'm trying to get as much time in with all the patients as possible. Um, being with an interest in sports medicine, uh, I really enjoy rheumatology, the field, and everything that they do. So it's been a good time. Cool, cool. And uh, Maverick or Andy or whatever I'm going to call you during the show. So we're, uh, tell the people uh, where you're located and, uh, and uh, what, what are you doing these days? Um, well, I'm currently in my apartment right now in Hershey, Pennsylvania, the sweetest place on earth. Um, also preparing for this little snowstorm. Um, I'm actually currently doing a research year um, studying colon cancer, sort of on the cellular level, and uh, keeping myself busy with these leadership positions. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have a lot of time to talk about that. Um, so why don't we just kind of uh, go back a little bit here, and let me let me start with you, Andy. Um, uh, why don't you kind of uh, tell us um, uh, about your your path towards uh, medical school? Uh, what what uh, what what uh, what drew you towards medical school? Uh, um, are, are you originally from uh, that Pennsylvania area? Kind of kind of share with the people there a little bit. Yeah, well, um, so I grew up about ten minutes from here in Middletown, Pennsylvania. Um, and I don't know, there was never really that particular moment I can remember in the past where I said, ooh, ooh, I want to be a doctor. Um, it was just sort of a, a gradual progression of enjoying my science and math courses in high school and then 
pursuing a biology degree in college and, you know, knowing that research is fun, but I enjoy interacting with people a little bit more, enjoy sort of the, uh, you know, public service aspect of medicine. Um, never thought that I would actually end up right back here at Hershey, um, you know, seeing as I grew up here, so hoping to maybe get a little bit further away. But no complaints, Penn State's a fantastic school, and, um, you know, I get to be in Pennsylvania with a fantastic um, group of other student leaders, um, you know, to, to sort of inflate Kevin's ego there a little bit. And that's, I don't know, that's really my story. Um, you know, college, like I said, I was uh, actually a biochemistry and music double major, um, uh, kept myself quite busy doing a little bit of research here and there, doing some community service work at the local ER. Um, I worked for a couple of years in the hospital. And it all just sort of fit. Cool. So uh, so how would you pick the Twitter name there, uh, Maverick? Uh, well, actually, Maverick was one of my nicknames in, in undergrad from some of my fellow fraternity brothers. Um, there are some folks who would like to believe that I bear a certain resemblance to a certain actor. Um, and you're proud of that, or...? Uh, you know, I don't, I can't see it as much as some other people, but hey, if you're going to be compared to someone like that, I no complaint. Nice, nice. Um, and uh, Kevin, I, I know you've been on the show. Right? Thank you for coming, uh, coming back. And uh, um, why don't you kind of share a little bit of your story as far as, uh, um, are, are you, I think you're from the original area too, and uh, uh, what, what kind of drew you towards medical school? Well, I'm originally from uh, New York, Long Island. Um, being from there, never really heard of family medicine before. Uh, so it was interesting how I uh, eventually ended up picking that as my specialty. Um, but grew up on Long Island, uh, kind of brought up to become a doctor. So it was always kind of in my face at all times. But I really enjoyed the field. My mother was a nurse. Um, so I really had a, a good sense of what it meant to be in the medical and health profession. So that was really helpful. Um, I also really love sports, and I always wanted to be part of the sports community. And I knew if I didn't develop a really good knuckleball over time, I wasn't going to really make it in the major league. So uh, I decided sports medicine would be the route to go. Um, so knowing that, I wanted to go to a, a decent university, Um one that would help me get into medical school. Uh, and I wanted to get away from New York, get away from Long Island and not stay there forever. So I chose the Penn St Pennsylvania State University um, nice. as my undergraduate university <laughs> and uh, really had a great time there, um, almost too good of a time. Uh, I got, as I, I'm sure people who know me, would uh, understand. I got very involved with my fraternity and with the Penn State community and the, dance, and the Penn State Dance Marathon that I really spread myself very thin. So uh, I didn't have the greatest GPA in the world. Uh, so after my pre-med advisor told me that uh, I shouldn't even think about applying to medical school, I went to a, a graduate program at Drexel um, where the first year I was to take the first year of medical school and our averages were compared to their averages, the medical students, and our grades reflected that. So that's really where I learned that medical school would be something where I could thrive and 
kind of proved myself and to to myself as well as to the admissions committee. So ended up at Drexel, stayed there. Um, can't wait to leave. Um, to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with Philadelphia. I'm done being part of the Drexel system. Um, and but I've I've had a really good time. Uh, I've done most of my rotations up at the uh, Lehigh Valley Hospital. Um, that's in the Allentown area. Uh, that's where I did my family medicine. I did two rotations at Lehigh Valley Hospital, and that's one of the P4 transfer med programs, which is very interesting. Um, the way that they uh, have really transformed their uh, family medicine program uh, into a, a medical home before all this talk about the patient center medical home was even brought forth into the public. Um, so they're they're doing amazing things up at Lehigh Valley. Um, but uh, I, I'm sure, oh, I, I told you already, uh, I've matched in, into the Navy uh, in the family medicine residency at the Naval Hospital Pensacola, so I can't wait to be very warm. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that, that, nice. Be, yeah, congratulations. Really That's awesome. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, uh, and along the way, of course, I need to be involved with everything, so I also was brought together with great leaders in the Pennsylvania Academy and over uh, national aims of the American Academy. So it's been a ride. <laughs> great. Great. Uh, yeah. Kind of the, the, the impetus of the blog is, is uh, the, both of your, your, your love and passion for, for family medicine. Um, why don't you kind of tell me a little bit about how, how you found the family medicine and, and how you came to select that uh, as your specialty. Well, Andy, why don't you go first and then uh, Kevin, you can follow. Um, I, I have to say it's probably a common theme in my, my life is that I, I never really picked anything. It always just sort of fell on me. And, you know, I came into medical school thinking that emergency medicine was sort of the place for me. I like the, um, I don't know, the the variety of patients that they were seeing, the variety of different cases that they were seeing. I always knew myself to be the kind that to not sit and be still, you know, much like Kevin getting involved in just about everything. Um, so I, I didn't, really see myself as doing nothing but heart failure for the rest of my life or, you know, nothing but uh, appendectomies for the rest of my life, but really doing something a little bit more um, broader scope. And it was at some point during first year that um, I got better acquainted with my academic advisor, who's a family physician at Hershey and who's quite heavily involved with the state and the National Academy, on uh, involved with the STFM as well, and yeah, he encouraged me to look into the um, interest group on campus. I went to a couple of their events, figured that I liked it enough that I ended up being elected president um, during my second year. Um, and from there on, it's just been a match made in heaven, I would have to say. I, I absolutely love everything there is about family medicine. I, I like that I'm not just going to get to see a variety of different patients with a variety of different presenting problems, but that I can practice my my medicine in a variety of different settings. And when I feel that maybe the time's not doing so right in one particular setting, I can pick up my stethoscope and travel somewhere else and be a rural doc for a while and then maybe go teach and then go do OB and all that kind of fun stuff that I think family medicine offers that not really anything else um, offers. I don't know too many rheumatologists that, just all of a sudden one day decide that they're going to go do OV for a couple years of their career. Um, and naturally, my, my interest in leadership and getting involved has only further solidified that. Um, you know, I don't think you can get to where Kevin and I 
have gotten without having at least a little bit of interest along the way and being pretty sure you know what you're doing for the rest of your life. Great, great. Kevin, how, how about yourself? Is that, was that uh, is, was family medicine always uh, on your plan, or was it uh, during your third year? You're just kind of like, hey, you know, I, I can see kind of doing a little bit of all this, or um, how was it for you? Well, a lot different, um, as I'm sure many students who eventually choose family medicine, they all have a different reason. Which, before I go into my story, is what makes family medicine so great is that you really can come from any background no matter where you're from and do what you want to do have the practice you want to have so for me um like i said earlier um growing up on long island i never saw a family medicine office i was taken care of by a pediatrician saw a specialist as i need needed to same thing with my parents and never really knew what family medicine was um even an undergrad at penn state i did never knew what family medicine was I was never told about it by any of my pre-health faculty, any of my advisors. It really wasn't in in, in sights for me. Um, I knew I always wanted to do sports um, and sports medicine and to work with athletes and to, to work and be a part of the community. Um, so that was one thing that I knew I wanted to do. Um, so I figured orthopedic surgery was the only way to get there. Um, uh, rightfully so, I guess, because the the, um, uh, the team physicians that you see on television, they're mostly orthopedic surgeons running out onto the field or on the sidelines. So that's all I knew. Um, so then I, when I went to uh, medical school at Drexel, um, during our first year, we had a primary care practicum. Um, we have two tracks, uh, problem-based learning and a regular lecture-based track. Uh, so I chose the problem-based track. Um, mainly because during my master's program I already did the lecture base and I didn't want to just redo all that again, so I wanted a different challenge. Um, so at the end of the first year of medical school, we had that uh, seven weeks in a primary care office, um, which I ended up spending with uh, the Drexel Family Medicine Department, which was really helpful. Um, the main preceptor that I worked with, uh, who would eventually become my mentor, um, he was a sports medicine CAQ, um, daily medicine physician. I don't even know that existed. Um, so I would go with him to football games uh, for the high schools in the area and be on the sidelines. Whenever someone would get injured, we'd run out there and do our thing. And it was just really neat how during the day he would treat everything. Um, he would do prenatal care. He would do, um, you know, the usual wound-to-tune care that you do as a family physician. Um so I thought that was amazing, and one of the uh, motivations for a, a post that I wrote on the blog was um, that uh, as a family physician, you really can do anything that you want. Um, I know that with sports medicine, that that could be my niche, but I can learn about cardiology if I wanted to. I can learn more about something and identify areas where I really want to continue learning about. Um, so... I mean, family medicine at that point really came to the forefront. Um, now, the leadership also was always there, um, starting with my fraternity all the way through, and becoming involved with the PAFP, which is, to me, an amazing state organization. They really have a lot of good things going on with the PAFP, developing leaders at every level. 
so they really have been helpful in the process. And big shout out to the PAFP uh, and then to the AAFP, where the national conference is just an amazing gathering, and I I can't describe the feeling you get when you're at that meeting. It just really energizes you. So that's been my my path through failing medicine, and the rotations in failing medicine have just really solidified that because. It really is. You can you can do everything, not lose out on the amount of tuition that you invested into your education just to lose so much of it by going into a specialty, still having all that knowledge, yet still finding the niche that you want. Uh, yeah, but, but before we before we really get into the blog here, I, I, I did want to, to touch on this leadership piece that, that both of you have already uh, talked about. Um because you know it was uh, back in the dark ages when I was a uh, a student and resident leader in the AFP and uh, um, and I'll share some of my thoughts uh, too uh, because I always kind of reminisce about those times. But uh, uh, what, what 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 kind of calling did you feel to to um, to run for leadership positions to to take that extra time out of your busy schedule as a medical student? uh to to kind of uh give back to the specialty what 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 draws you you know to that is it is it kind of your passion that 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 uh you know uh, uh medical students and even even you know family medicine uh, eventual physicians need to be leaders in medicine what kind of drew you towards doing these leadership type positions uh uh Kevin why don't you go first well, for me, I've always just enjoyed leadership in general. I was my class's delegate uh, during my graduate school and uh, first-year class president at Drexel. So I really, really just enjoy being a leader and really bringing everyone's, in, everyone's information and ideas together to try and really help out everyone around you. Um, so in at, at, at that aspect, I've always wanted to be a leader um, throughout the whole process. Um, and with family medicine, I mean, it's it's natural just to be a leader because you're the, you're the quarterback, you're the family physician, you're coordinating the care of entire families. You really need to be a leader in their health care. You need to be a leader in the community. A lot of the health that you deliver is community-based health. Uh, you, if, if you're not walking around with people noticing who you are as their, you know, family physician in their community, there, there's probably an issue there. Um, so you really need to be a leader in the community, and all family physicians should be leaders in their communities. Um, and another aspect is that everyone has a voice, uh, and it seems like in the medical community so many physicians are just very passive about having their voice heard. Uh, and then when things aren't going the way they want them to go, then that's when their voice starts being heard and complaints and just not a good sense of communication in general. So if you're at the forefront, if you're always there, if you're always at the table, then you're going to be able to create a pathway for what you think um, your practice, the family medicine community, medicine in general should be going. So if, if, you're, not have, if, if you're not there at the table to begin with, then you're, you're in trouble. Um, and, and Kevin, you are the the the, the student member on the um, AFP board of directors. Um, how has your year been going? What, what kind of experiences have you had already um, sitting at that table? It's it, it could be quite intimidating for a lot of people. I mean, you're sitting across from the AFP president, 
the one that's the face of family medicine uh, nationally, always doing shows on CNN and Fox and whatever network it may be, always being quoted in newspapers around the country. You're sitting at the table with these people. You're sitting at the table with family physicians that are doing every type of practice you can think of. They're leaders in their community. They've been leaders in their states. They've probably been on different health boards and different hospital boards. These are people who've had huge careers already. And I'm just a fourth-year medical student sitting there trying to give my uh, my two cents when it's when I feel it should be to brought. But it's amazing because I'm on a first-name basis with all of these amazing physicians. And it, as a medical student, you're, you don't really go on a first-name basis with attendings that are one year out of residency because that's almost like disrespect. But they're so very welcoming and they really, really appreciate the student and the resident and the new physician's uh, viewpoints at all times. It's it's really amazing how they really welcome you. So, I mean, only they're not even a half year through, and it's just been an amazing experience. Now, Andy, not only are, are you a student leader for, for our specialty, but, but you're also the, the, the speaker of the medical student section for the American Medical Association, like the huge group of uh, the, the, the medical group that, that people recognize. Um, what's that like and, 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 and what, what, what draws you towards leadership uh, positions, positions in the first place? Um, I, I think I was a lot like Kevin in college. Um, it's funny, I'm sitting here thinking, I remember um, at the PAFP, uh, we have a very you know, highly specialized method of picking our student leaders in that we hold a clinical camp and we have a lunch and then counter that lunch is usually a lecture that's very, very interesting and that everybody wants to go to. And the eight of us that show up for the free lunch sort of get fished out to the position. It's very complicated. I don't know if we can cover it completely here on the radio show. Um, But I just remember coming into the room and having an idea of where I wanted to be and um, you know the position that I wanted to run for, and in walks this tall guy from Drexel, and I'm like, think, I'm thinking to myself, you know, who's this guy? I've never really seen him before, and I ended up actually losing the position that I wanted to to Kevin initially. Oh, um, here we go. Yeah, some dirt. <laughs> All right. Yeah, here we go. Some rivalry stories. I like it. it continue. Um, Keep going. Uh, so. You know, and, and I, I can just remember sitting there and being a little, you know, like, uh, who's this guy? Where did he come from? And, you know, this this was what I was going to do. And, you know, I think Oh, come on. You were mad. Yeah, you were really mad. You, you could say that. No, people don't get mad in family medicine. They uh, they just get frustrated. Um, but, but there was definitely a different spot for me. And, you know, I, I think we were both very much alike is that we want to be involved in as many different things as we want, as, as we can, because um, I know, at least for me, I've always been of the sediment that, you know, if, if you're not part of the solution, then you're probably part of the problem. Or um, one way we used to say it in college, um, I was on our activities board, you show up or shut up. I just remember a lot of people complaining about the kinds of um, comedians and the bands that we would have come to our tiny little school. And they would complain and complain and complain, and we'd say, well, here's our meetings. You are more than welcome to come and give your opinion. And on that Tuesday night, in whatever room we were having the meeting, there would be those of us that were the actual elected officers, and that was about it. Um, And and that didn't go away when I came to medical school. Um, When I went to the national conference for the first time, um, 
I was um, actually somehow managed to get myself in one of the alternate delegate spots from the state to sit on our student congress, and um, everyone else had to leave early, and I ended up sitting in and really, really liking the process. Um, and thinking to myself, well, you know, I really would like to be more involved in this. I mean, I'm walking into this sort of blind. What, what's going on behind the scenes here? And so I just, you know, found my way to, to get in. I talked to some people that had done other leadership positions and found out what would probably be the best fit for me. I started out um, as one of the regional FMIG interest group coordinators um, for our area, just talking to students about things that, make people want to go into family medicine, advertising for the the, um, the incentive awards and making sure that people knew about scholarship deadlines for the national conference, that kind of stuff. Um, and from there, I've just sort of, I think, taken the very natural progression, um, at least in terms of the interest group end of things um, for the AASP. Um, you know, I started out as a regional coordinator followed my way up to being the national coordinator, and now um, following in the footsteps of the national coordinator before me, uh, moving up into the chair position. Um, and then you contrast that very starkly with, yes, the big AMA, the big scary machine that is medicine. Um, and it, it's a completely, completely different world um, than the AAFP. I have to say that the AAFP is a much friendlier room, um, probably a little bit younger of a room too, a little bit more diverse of a group of people in the in the AASP as compared. Um, and again, this was, uh, I went to, to see what the national meeting would be like in Chicago when I was a first year um, and just really liked how they did things. So again, I looked for a good way to get involved, um, got involved through the state, sort of worked my way up. Now, if anybody out there has ever been a speaker before, you know that you have to have an intimate knowledge of parliamentary procedure. Um, somehow I acquired that, and people knew that I had acquired that, and I was sort of told that I should run for speaker. Um, and that's been a good time. Um, I really do enjoy um, getting up there and making sure that things are being run fairly. I enjoy getting to plan the meetings, which is very similar to what I'll be doing for the national conference, or I should say what I have been doing for the national conference. Um, and they both get to sort of, you know, touch at those different aspects. You know, I, I get the, the passion for my future career and really dealing with the one-on-one, day-to-day issues of being a family doctor with the AAFP. And on the other hand, I get to do sort of the national advocacy stuff with the AMA and you know, I, I've never pegged myself as a political person. Um, I'm sure Kevin would probably disagree knowing me as well as he does. Um, and, yeah, I, I that's where I am. I, I found myself with these two huge positions. Luckily, I'm on this year off to be able to manage all the things time-wise. Um, it's been a really good time. Um, yeah, and I, and I know I probably shared this with, with both of you. I mean, you know, but you know, back in the last century, when I was in medical school, uh, uh, when I was a uh, when I was the second year, uh, I got stuffed in a car and uh, went to the state capitol and uh, went to our state uh, uh, family medicine uh, group and. Uh, um, and, and, and and I've never seen myself as a leader. I'm not a leader. I just I just you know I just go and hang out and make fun of people. But um, but when I went to when I started going to these meetings, I was like, hey, there are all these people here. They're great people. 
um, we kind of have the same beliefs as far as how we think that uh, healthcare should be delivered in this country. And while I was a medical student, I was hang, you know, I was talking with, you know, you know, doctors, you know, at that time when you're a student and you talk to a doctor or attending, you're just like, hey, hey, hi, how you doing? Uh, but you get to talk to them and you're like, hey, you know, I want to come back to some of these meetings because we kind of think alike and, and we can kind of brainstorm and, and see how we can maybe even try to change things. And, and, and that's how I kind of got into this and and, and I, I went to our national meeting as, as a student and resident and and uh, I uh, it, it took me until you know my my last year in residency even to run for something because I thought I wasn't good enough and and uh, you know these all these all these great super people and I thought I could never win an election uh, so so my third year residency I'm like hey you know it's my third year residency I'm going to run I'm going to put together a speech I'm going to crash and burn and then I'm just going to say hey I'll have no regrets. Uh, but I actually won, and uh, and uh, that was like ten years ago. And and uh, I, I remember you know going to uh, you know committee meetings, uh, national committee meetings as student and resident and attending, and and uh, um, and, and just 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 meeting these great people. And, and what I'm so happy for for the both of you is is that you know the the uh, the, the friendships that you that you have right now that you start right now. Um, are going to follow you through the rest of your career, and because it's funny, because when I go to meetings now, I, I I still you know reminisce with the people when we were students and residents, and now they're like you know chapter presidents, and now they're like running for the board of the AAFP, and 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 we still uh, joke about how you know we were drunk one night in some city somewhere, and uh, I'm glad that nobody even uh, uh, found out about it. So. So I, I'm I, I'm just so happy for you guys uh, as far as not only you know you know carrying on a tradition um, of family medicine leaders, but but just uh, just the friendships that, um, uh, that 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 you have and that you're gonna have. Um, it's it, it's you can even hear in my voice how excited I am just talking about this. Uh, but uh, I, I can definitely relate to what you guys are, are talking about. And it's, it's, it's just a fun time just to go to these meetings and, and for anything else, just catch up with your friends and then get a little bit of work done, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, all right, so um, uh, so my guests online here are uh, Kevin and Andy. They are the uh, they are a couple of the authors of the uh, Future of Family Medicine blog. You can get there by going to futureoffamilymedicine.blogspot.com. So let's kind of dive into this here, uh, gentlemen. Uh, so uh, so let's talk about the blog here. Uh, so so Kevin, uh, can you tell me a little bit about the the origins of this thing and and uh, how you guys kind of got together and say, hey, we should uh, we should write something and put it out there and have people read about it. Well, I'm sure that uh, the origin of it you can uh, also explain pretty well. Uh, it actually occurred at the uh, FMEC in Hershey uh, when you and uh, Dr. Synonymous and uh, a great panel that we had there um, came together and really taught and uh, spoke immensely about social media and how great it is for just medicine and just in general. Uh, and I, I feel like there was a very good, diverse uh, amount of attendees there uh, that really had a good time during that session. So we definitely thank you for doing that. Um, 
along with myself, uh, there were a few other student leaders in there. Um, and we just got together right at the end of that session and kind of put it together and said, hey, we have a message that we want to put out there. Um, we don't we don't think that anyone else has the same type of message. Students and interested in failing medicine, leaders and uh, in the positions that we're in, um, to really get a message across to whoever thinks it's interesting enough to read. So we thought we had a unique idea, and uh, you really helped us bring it together, um, showing us different things to think about when starting the blog and just really helping us get it launched. So we, we definitely thank you for that. Um, and in terms of getting the blog out there, I mean, <laughs> within a month of us putting it together at the end of October, I think October 31st is our first post. Um, and by mid-November, we were already on Kevin MD um, with one of our posts. So, I mean, right right off the bat, we were thrown right out there in the spotlight with social media's leading physician. I mean, <laughs> what what more could you want right off the bat? Um, so that was really exciting. Um, and just writing all the posts and just getting a few comments here and there and seeing it being shared on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook and just seeing where all the visitors coming are coming from as the traffic pours in. It's just amazing that we're reaching across the entire world. Um, I mean, we have visitors coming from all over the world. It's, it's amazing. Um, and, I mean, <laughs> I didn't think it would take off this quickly. Um, and now, uh, I don't know if if, uh, if anyone has seen this, uh, but uh, we're nominated for um, Best New Health Med Blog of 2010, um, which I think uh, so I, I know uh, who to thank for that. But uh, it's a huge honor to be thrown together with a lot of the blogs that are mentioned on that nomination list. I mean, in just less than three short months, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you guys are doing a great job, uh, and, and and part of that nomination process is, is having people vote uh, vote for the, the blog uh, for uh, best new uh, blog of uh, 2010. And uh, so, Andy, so well, 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 why don't you make your pitch uh, to people out there uh, in the, in the internet land? Uh, well, well, why should people vote for this blog other than being awesome? Well, I mean, other than being awesome, I don't I don't really know that that there's anything more that you need than being simply awesome. Um, I, I think it, when I think about the blog, and, and this is coming from someone who actually has yet to get himself in gear and post on it, um, I have to give Kevin and Sebastian all the credit on, on, on that. And uh, Sebastian, unfortunately, couldn't join us tonight. He's uh, on his way to Houston for uh, one of the STFM meetings. Um, he currently sits on their board of directors. Um I, you know, I think that as medical students reaching out there and talking about these kinds of sort of more global issues, I think we bring a, a very unique perspective. It's a perspective that definitely the AAFP and the PAFP, and even you know, the bigger groups like the AMA, it's a perspective they want. That's why they involve us in their um, leadership structure. That's why they get us involved, uh, because they want to hear what we have to say. And I think our blog um, is sort of the social media version of that. It, it, it's our way of putting, you know, Kevin sits on a board of directors, and you have 
the president, and you have these people that are well out there in practice and are experienced in all these things. And then you have Kevin, and you have Heidi, the resident representative, and you have a young physician there so that that perspective can get out there, so that the people that are looking into the future and saying, what are things going to be like for me when I get there, and what can we do to get there starting now, um, that's what they want. And, you know, there's tons and tons of medical blogs out there. Um, all of them have their merits. They all come up with fresh things. You know, you can call, you know, Kevin MD, if you want to call that, like, the quintessential of the blogs, you can call that, the, you know, the president of the AFP. And now you have our voice sort of coming in there and saying, here's where we, as future doctors, think things are and where they're going, and here's what we think about that. Because in 10, 20 years, um, you know, what's going to be the healthcare system? It's going to be people like Kevin and I and Sebastian. It's, it's going to be us that are out there working day to day on this thing, or all the people that are sort of sitting around the board table now are entering their retirement, um, if they're entering their retirement, um, if they choose to do so. But I think for the sheer um, novelty, and I don't want to say novelty like it's, um, you know, just something that's a passing fad. I, I think because we have something important to say and a fresh perspective to offer on the issues that are facing medicine in our country and in the world, really, um, I think that's why we should probably be voted the best new blog of 2010. And we're all There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Kevin, I, yeah, I, I did give one, want to give uh, Sebastian a little bit more of a shout out. Can, can you kind of just, just just share with the people, kind of, because uh, he's been writing good stuff. Kind of, what, what what does Sebastian bring to the blog? Sebastian brings a very very unique and amazing perspective to the blog. Um, he's, uh, as Andy was saying, the uh, board member on the uh, STFM um, for students. Uh, and he has that perspective where, you know, teaching and failing medicine is going. Um, and he also has the perspective of currently going through a, a, a master's program at Harvard. Uh, he's, he's, he's going through public policy and really learning about health policy. And he, he just brings an amazing perspective as far as just public health and uh, the community in general. Um, in you know Harvard world, and he may not have as much of the opportunity to be exposed to family medicine, but he brings that family medicine passion to Harvard, um, which is something that you don't often see at some of the Ivy League schools. Um, Harvard being one that doesn't have a family medicine residency, um, now they get a thirty million dollar grant, and maybe he could be part of the process that helps in, uh, implement uh, what they do with that money. I'm not sure exactly what the details are with that, but. Um, he he lives in a unique um, situation where family medicine isn't you know the the go-to primary care spot uh, in in Boston. Um, so and also being in Massachusetts, one of you know one of the first states to implement so-called socialized healthcare. Um, so he also brings that unique uh, experience and perspective. So a lot of his posts really have to do with that health policy, and he really. <laughs> He really brings a very, very unique perspective, and uh, I, I hope that the readers are enjoying that. Um, and uh, Andy, I, I see on the so um, uh, your um, 
uh, you're on your research here. Or are you are you a, a dual degree guy, or uh, is that kind of part of your your training? Or um, no, I I wanted to be. Um, unfortunately, my numbers probably didn't line up with so much with what Penn State wanted and the other schools wanted. But um, I we have to do a research project at Penn State as part of our graduation requirement. Um, it's something that our founding dean found very important is that everyone have a good um, research experience under their belt. Uh, most go for probably more of a clinical opportunity. Um, I had quite a bit of bench work, some basic science research under my belt coming into medical school, um, having worked for a year as a technician before getting in. And I wanted something similar to that, something maybe ultimately publishable. And I went to um, a former um, mentor of mine, at the medical center, who's someone who I worked with for a summer in undergrad, and I said, do you have any projects that are sort of up and coming that you think would make for a good research project for a medical student? She said, oh, sure, and put me on a project, and I worked on it during first year, and I really didn't go anywhere, and with the discussions that I had with her, it was either spend an inordinate amount more time than I had on it, or just scrap it and go find something else different, and not being one to give up on a challenge, I decided that taking this year off would probably be a good opportunity for me. Um, so uh, it, it's been a good time. Uh, you know, it, it's hard sometimes when people are asking to completely relate. Uh, you know, and I, I'm in a lab with two grad students who blow me away almost every day with the level of discussion that they have. I, you know, they have more microbiology and molecular biology knowledge in their pinky fingers than I learned in first year of medical school. So it, it's been kind of refreshing. And it's actually interesting, um, one of the other uh, PIs in our um, department came into the lab today and was looking for my boss and ended up having a conversation with him that you know, the skills that a researcher uses in the lab and at the bench to say, um, here's a question that we have or an idea of what might be going on. And, you know, that the process that goes through their mind is figuring out, well, how am I going to test that? How am I going to prove that to myself? Um, and what implications are that going to have, you know, in terms of finding out new things, asking new questions? That's not too dissimilar to what goes on in the office when you're talking to the patient. Um, and I think that, you know, hopefully through my experience here that I can sort of incorporate into the, that sort of method of thinking um, into my practice and, you know, trying to stay away from, you know, the practice, the algorithms and, the, and all of the, here's what you need to do if the patient comes in with X, Y, and Z, you're going to give them A and B and you're going to run this test, you know, to, to really be a critical thinker. And I think family doctors are critical thinkers because of not knowing what goes through the, uh, what's going to be coming into the office. And I would just hope that, you know, if I can wade my way through all of the molecular biology at work and find some time to actually sit down and pen a few blogs, that maybe I can bring that perspective forth, um, you know, and maybe answer some questions for some people out there that are thinking about, you know, maybe I want to do research. Is family medicine the kind of place where you can do that? And I think it absolutely is. And, and, and I hope that you share some of that uh, uh, process that you go through on the blog, and, and, and I think that's where I think you'd be a great addition from that point of view, because uh, I know that part of our specialty um, really isn't 
you know, written about that much. And I know there's not a lot that I um, am very familiar with. Um, uh, so, so that's what I hope that, that you will, uh, that you will bring, uh, to the blog because that, that is a, a part of our specialty that, that I definitely need to more, know more about. Um, all right. So, uh, so Kevin, um, so next week is going to be the, uh, the, the big shindig there. I think it's in uh, Kansas city and, uh, um, uh, why don't just share with us uh, kind of, uh, you know, what happens at a huge um, AAFP national committee meeting? Is it like a few days? Is it one day? What's it like to kind of just kind of get all these people together and, and talk about really cool stuff? Well, I'm in the unique situation where they uh, they call the board meeting at the front end of the, uh, the gathering. Uh, the winter cluster. So I'll be there. Uh, I'm leaving Tuesday for a board meeting on Wednesday um, where we're going to go through uh, the board stuff. Um, top secret, of course. You know how we work. Um, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Thursday through um, Sunday, really, um, we have all of our commission meetings. Um, so as a student board member, I'm on the, uh, on the subcommittee for resident student issues which is part of the Commission on Education. Um, and also, uh, along with the, uh, the resident board member, uh, we are part of the Commission for uh, Members and Membership Services. So we have, uh, we're going to be wearing a bunch of hats, uh, me and uh, my fellow resident board member, uh, throughout the entire meeting. Uh, but it, we're very excited. Um, obviously, between members and membership and education and student and resident issues, there's a lot to, to talk about. That plus at a board meeting, I mean, <laughs> they send us packets or we get the packets online, and it's just an immense amount of information that our great staff at the AFP puts together for us. I don't know how they are able to put together so much information so quickly to send out to the physicians, students, residents, part of these commissions. Um, so. Really, really looking forward to this meeting. Um, right now, we have one cluster meeting. Um, we used to have two in the past, um, but uh, there is a possibility that uh, we'll be uh, re-implementing uh, the second commission, um, the uh, committee cluster meeting again. So, stay tuned for that. Um, but it really is a, a, a meeting where that it just regenerates you and really you know, we like that passion for family medicine. Uh, if, if anyone actually needs that, uh, it really does bring great minds um, and different perspectives together to really get a lot of good work done. Uh, so we're, we're really looking forward to that. Um, another good thing that they are offering um, that they have in the past, but they're expanding now is a mentorship for the students and residents with different board members and different uh, staff and other people involved with the academy that are really able to mentor and really uh, bring our leadership skills out there and really develop us into the leaders that they really need us to be as we go forward. Uh, so we'll have a dinner uh, where we have a few uh, residents and students together uh, with some board members and other staff, and we'll talk about you know what they went through to get where they are and how we should go about it. So it, it's going to be a, a great time. I really can't wait. 
And uh, Andy, what, what are your uh, responsibilities there? Uh, you're, you, are you uh, carrying multiple hats as well, multiple committee meetings and all that kind of stuff, or not so much? Yeah, um, I will be. So, um, you know, I, I will be sitting um, as, a, as a student leader. I sit on, again, the subcommittee on resident and um, student issues, um, or CERCI, as it is commonly abbreviated, uh, with Kevin and um, the two student delegates and the national FMIG coordinator. Um, and as part of that, then I also sit as sort of the student representative on the actual commission, um, which uh, this will be my second year serving on both of those committees. And then um, by virtue of my position as national conference chair, I also sit on the subcommittee on national conference planning. Hopefully that's not too big of a shock. Um, so um, all three um, uh, groups will be meeting. Um, the two subcommittees will meet first, um, followed by the full meeting uh, of the Commission on Education, which is a rather uh, interesting meeting. I remember walking into this gigantic room with a big uh, rectangle of tables, and, and there are so many people on the Commission on Education um, that we actually have uh, microphones to be able to talk to one another. And, and as a medical student, you walk into that and you're, you're saying, well, wow, this is kind of a big deal. Um, and then another fun thing that I don't get to be as directly a participant in this year, but I will be popping my head in, is the, um, the new uh, regional coordinators for the interest group network. Um, they come in as well at the end of the meeting for their orientation session, which runs Sunday and Monday. Um, I got to lead that last year, um, take a group of fearless, young, passionate students um, and orient them to how the AAFP works. So I'll be popping my head in there and chatting with them a little bit. Um, but like Kevin said, it, it, it's a fun weekend. Um, it's a very busy weekend. I know I've got um, two uh, two-inch binders full of stuff to look at. I think I've got one binder. One binder has about 100 workshop proposals for this year's national conference that we're going to have to somehow whittle down to the maybe 80 so that actually make it onto the, to the final chopping block. Um, you know, it, it, it's busy. You get to meet up with your friends. You get to have a few drinks, uh, maybe Thursday night, take a listen to the Dr. Anonymous show. <laughs> no, you, you can find something better to do than that. <laughs> um, uh, Kevin was mentioning this new mentorship um, program that they're having with the commission members, um, and somehow I got assigned my own advisor. So I don't I don't know who's doing the double checking on that. Um, but we get to actually small groups are going out to various different uh, restaurants in Kansas City, getting some of that gloriously good barbecue um, that Kansas City nice. for. Um, and all around having a good time. Um, I think a new fun thing, if there's any students out there um, listening that might be coming to the commission meeting, um, is we're having a roundtable discussion on Saturday. Um, Melissa, the resident chair, and myself will be leading um, just a small discussion to meet the new student leaders and, and help them get better involved in the planning process and, and the actual running of the, of the conference, which I think it's a welcome addition um, uh, to, to the programming in general, just to, to get everybody 
in each other's face so we know who we are and we can work together and, and you know, really move forward and, and have those relationships that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I, I always love those meetings when they when they come up with the icebreaker, uh, which everybody hates. Um, <laughs> you know, the you know, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Uh, you know, what's your last book that you read? Um, if you were a, uh, a board member, which board member would you be? You know, all those fun type of uh, icebreaker questions. Don't, don't you guys love those? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you remember last year's, uh, what was that change management thing? They uh, crammed 80 or 90 of us into a tiny little room and tried to get it interactive. Do you, do you remember doing that? Oh, uh, I yeah, I, I tried to take that away. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, I, I can see you guys at the at the hotel doing like a little ropes course, doing like a little trust fall, <laughs> you know, doing little small groups, you know, coming up with uh, – you know, uh, you know, come up with your little uh, cool names for your groups. You know, and cute names. You have T-shirts. You know, the whole thing. You know, I, I, as you can tell, I've been to more than one of these type of meetings. <laughs> at least more than one, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I was I was at the very first SRSI meeting, and we got there, and we're like, "What do we do? We have, I don't know. What, what uh, we like? You know, do we just talk about resident students stuff like we did before?" Uh, so, so, so that's always fun when there's uh, the creation of a new uh, new committee, and, and it was I, I really really enjoyed uh, the, the national conference planning committee. I, I was on there as an attending, and, and uh, I was chair of the planning committee my last year there. And that is uh, for me that that was probably one of the most fun things uh, for me to do is is to just be a part of that process, be a part of that, um, you know, helping the resident student chairs. Um, on their way, um, and uh, you know, uh, you know, whittling down and, and trying to figure out and determine, you know, what we think the the the, the showcase, the best um, uh, presentations and lectures, and, and picking the speakers for the meeting, and, and uh, that, that's something that I miss, um, and it, it, was, it was a lot of fun uh, for me to do. And so, so Andy, I know exactly what you're going to be going through, and and uh, I, I I miss that. It's, it was it was a really good time. You would be amazed at how far the SRSI has come. I mean, it really is an amazing subcommittee to be a part of. Um, and Dr. G is uh, our, our fearless leader there, and I mean, it's 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 amazing the things that the students and residents bring to the table, as well as the physicians and liaisons that are there that are amazed at what we have to say. And I don't know why they're amazed at what we have to say, but <laughs> it it leads to really good conversations and. One of the one of the big projects we have going on right now is how do we get more students into family medicine? So we're really looking at admissions and really focusing in on that, and we're we're trying to go further down the pipeline to even high schools and really trying to figure out you know how how can we how can we get more high school students uh, to be interested in family medicine? So it's it's been a great work. Uh, it's been amazing to work with these people. Yeah, I think um, you know. Another thing that I, I really found very fascinating is, is when he actually goes through these agenda books and picking out some of the information that you might not have heard before and finding numbers and, and statistics and um, you know just little snippets of things that you know you can feed back the you know the top ten reasons why you might want to be a family doctor and you can tell people all kinds of reasons by why you might want to be involved. 
And then every now and then you get these little pieces of information. And I think that the cluster meeting is is amazing resource for this kind of stuff, for at least me personally. I, every time I go to one of these meetings, I learn not just one, but dozens of new things about the field that, that I thought I had a fairly good grasp on, and then you find out something completely different from people. Um, and it just sort of reinvigorates you about what you're doing and, and makes you feel like you are actually having a real impact on, on where it's going in the future. And I don't know anybody who wouldn't get a sense of accomplishment out of that. Uh, and something, I mean, you know, and I, uh, I, I make fun of the AFP. I bash AFP on my blog, and we won't get into much of that tonight. But, but something that, that's great about the AFP, I'll, I'll not be nice to them, is, is that they actually listen, especially to resident students. And I, I remember coming up in the student and resident ranks and said, uh, yeah, we should, we should try this at the student resident meeting. We should try that. And uh, instead of just saying, oh, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do that. But when, when, when I kind of ended my run as far as going through all of those positions, I, I started to see some of that stuff, you know, when we were students and say, hey, you know, we're actually seeing change in our own meeting and we're actually seeing it work and we're actually, you know, kind of, you know, predicting and, and seeing, you know, hey, you know, we knew that was a good idea we're seeing it as a good idea and, 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 uh, you know, we can say, Hey, you know, we actually did something and, and, uh, and, and we're seeing it come true. And, and, and that's something that, that I think is a lot different from the AFP as opposed to like the, the AMA. And that's something I'm very proud of our, our, our organization. And the other thing is that, you know, that the AFP has really, you know, going through the leadership track there for me is, is it really uh, taught me, how to get things done at an organizational level, uh, which I never knew before. It taught me the skills, how to do that. It taught me how to run a meeting. It taught me how to go through an agenda and say, hey, we should do this. It taught me how, you know, those little type of parliamentary type of tricks that you learn, you know, when you're trying to get something done or you're trying to pull something over on the on, on the chair of the meeting and say, hey, you know, we should do this or we should do that. So, and, and it's really really prepared me to to the leadership stuff that I've been doing now as far as being chief of staff of my hospital and and, and some of the community things that I'm doing right now. So um so I can tell you guys, you know, the skills that you learn right now as far as how to get things done in an organization, it's really going to help you when you finish residency, when you get out there and 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 you're interacting either in a hospital setting or an academic setting or even in a small group if you're in a private practice. Um, it, it, the skills that you learn right now, you're, you're gonna you're gonna use for the rest of your life, and and uh, and and it's gonna be funny because you know the, when you go to these committee meetings, you're gonna be telling these stories for the rest of your life, you know, because it's like, oh, this is how we got things done at this AFP meeting, and you're gonna apply it 10, 15 years later, and uh, that 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 that's exciting for for me to to see you guys kind of go through this again, and uh, um, and, and I'm glad that that. Uh, that the academy is, is is continuing things like mentorship programs and uh, you know getting you guys to to do stuff as far as leading the other students um, and when you're a resident leading the other residents um, it, it's very exciting for me to see. Are, are you still there? Oh yeah. <laughs> so so uh, here, here's I'll shoot a question back at you then. Um, sure. First SRSI meeting. Um, you know, tell tell me who was in the room and what you know what what did they want you guys to accomplish? 
you know, it's 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 all a blur right now uh, as far as who you know who was there because because um, I I've been to so many committee meetings and I, I forget who was exactly in the room at the time. Uh, uh, but you know, our our charge was um, probably pretty similar to 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 what you guys are are right now as far as you know. We talked about pipeline programs. We talked about you know how. You know the, the the perception of family medicine. What is it? I know you guys talk about it on your blog. What is family medicine? Uh, what's the perception of it out there? Uh, not only in our own specialty, but talking to other specialties, talking uh, to the community, um, and how can we how can we help educate everybody, including uh, college students, high school students, the community, what family medicine is? H- how can we try to attract uh, you know, more students, you know, to, to the specialty uh, that we love. And, and uh, you know, we go through the whole, you know, list of things of barriers and advantages and disadvantages and see where we can try to make an impact, you know, both in, well, locally and, and at the state level and at the national level. Um, so it, it, it's really similar to, to, to what you guys are, are talking about now. And, and, uh, um, and we had different metrics back then than, than, than what you have now, but it, it's it's real similar, and, and and it's it's amazing. It's always amazing for me uh, to get a group of people in a room who are passionate about the same thing, and that the ideas that come out because there really is a synergy. Because sometimes when I fly out there, you know, I have these ideas in my head, but when I get in the room and I said, oh, I think we should do this, and then four other people kind of build on that. Uh, that's interesting to see it. And then you get the momentum going and then you're like, Oh, okay, we're going to do this action item and everybody's excited about it. Um, and that's a, it's a fascinating process to, to, to be a part of. Absolutely. All right. So, wow, we're, uh, let's see, we only have about uh, 17 minutes left here. So uh, uh, as we start kind of closing up the show here, I, I did want to talk, uh, Kevin, about your post on Kevin MD this week, and I'll put the link in the chat room here because, uh, you know, it's uh, I, I got to do it, man, because it was really good. Uh, so the title is uh, uh, Worsening the Nursing Shortage with Nurse Practitioners, and I'll put the link in the chat room there. Uh, Kevin, uh, once you kind of give us a little synopsis uh, of your post, and then we'll, we'll kind of a little bit we'll talk a little bit about the comments that followed uh, your your post there. Well, uh, just to start off uh, right off the bat, um, that wasn't even the original uh, title of the blog post, <laughs> which uh, I kind of expected because the original post was fairly long in its title. Um, let me pull up the actual title for you because I don't even remember it anymore. <laughs> Okay, it was, uh, uh, here we go. So it's uh, Advocates of Independent Nurse Practitioner Practice Losing Focus Within Current Scope of Practice. So I guess Kevin MD's title is a little bit uh, shorter and, um, I don't know, more More provocative. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, it it did capture the attention of the audience, let me tell you. Um, But uh, originally um, I I posted this uh, November 14th uh, on, on the Future of Failing Medicine blog. Um, basically, I was trying to figure out uh, the most non-malignant way of trying to come up with some other argument besides the differences in training and all the, the research is skewed and all this other garbage that you hear out there that nobody really pays attention to because they're sick of hearing it. Um, and basically, going back to my roots, my mother's a nurse. Uh, she 
you know, she she worked long hours. She was always complaining about how short they were on staff and how, how like, they just weren't hiring anybody else because nobody, they didn't have enough nurses to begin with and all this stuff about a nurse shortage. And I'm thinking about the physician shortage, and I, I get it. I, I get what the IOM, IOM was trying to do um, in how to address the primary care shortage. Um, but I felt like that there was such a huge amount of uh, difficulties within the actual scope of nursing practice already um, that it was just like the IOM was dumping another thing on the nurses to take care of um, instead of really coming up with great ideas uh, as far as how physicians could really help um, primary care. And I don't know if it, I, I don't want to say the IOM was selling out um, primary care uh, and just totally giving up on primary care as physicians going into it. Um, but I was trying to figure out a way to really, really come across like not too malignant, but really trying to show that uh, th there are issues within the current nursing um, environment already. Um, and why are we putting so much attention on primary care and the scope of nurse practitioners and how they're going to take up primary care. Um, so that's basically how this post really came about. Um, and I, I feel like the doctor of nursing practitioners and the PhD in nursing and all the different degrees that you can get in nursing, and if you look at the blog comments uh, on Kevin MD, people within the nursing community themselves don't even know what certifications are out there. And it, it just seems like there's confusion all around, even within the nursing community. So it, it's just like there are so many other issues that nursing needs to deal with right now, and then you're telling them to take care of the primary care issue. Uh, so I felt like nursing should really be addressing more faculty. I mean, these PhDs and doctors and nurses practitioners could do amazing in different uh, faculty positions, training the next generation of nurses um, with all the amount of experience that they have with their nursing careers. Um, and on the blog post, it shows how many thousands of potential nurses were turned away because of faculty shortages and not enough uh, slots to go around for everybody. And it's just mind-boggling the amount of nursing that could actually be available and help the patients. And that's always something that we need to keep in our minds. And, at the forefront um, is that we need to de deliver top quality patient care. We need to put the patients first. And I feel like all this talk about who's going to provide primary care and all these turf battles are just not really remembering the patient. Um, and as many of the listeners out there will know, the AAFP is at the forefront of team-based collaborative care. Um, yeah, it, nurse practitioners are a great asset and value to the team but we need to do it as a team. Um, and one of my other comments uh, that I posted uh, to one of the comments in Kevin MD uh, at the posting on there was, we already fragment healthcare um, with specialties and, uh, the, and primary care to begin with. And I feel like taking away parts of the team that could really contribute to patient care by allowing other um, sources to take up primary care just fragments primary care itself. So it just doesn't seem like it's solving any problems. So that's really where everything seems to have been going. I don't know if you have any other comments about it. No, I mean, uh, you know, there, as of right now, there are 31 comments, you know, and uh, I was tracking that real closely. And, uh, you know, the discussion there, you know, was, 
you know, it wasn't personal. There were some clarifications, and, and I think there's some, I wouldn't say misinformation, but it, it, there could be some differences with different states on designations on what they call, um, you know, how they, how they designate nurse practitioners or because I, I know, you know, in different states they, they call, um, call them different names, and uh, I know that it can, it can be very confusing uh, on, uh, you know, apples and oranges and, and uh, what, what, what you're really comparing. But uh, just kind of going through the comments, I mean, I didn't see it get really, really personal or, you know, that this is definitely kind of a lightning rod type of issue and, and the discussion could have, you know, definitely deteriorated. But as you go through the comments as of right now, I mean, it looks like, you know, there was some, there were some questions on clarification of terms and things. And, and uh, um, I know there were some quotes on from the web, from some websites as far as definitions. Uh, but Kevin, I think overall, I mean, it, it was, it was a pretty good discussion as kind of looking at it. And that was the thing. I, I really wanted it to be a good discussion between everyone that's part of the community, including patients, as far as what, are these certifications? Where is primary care going? Uh, what what is healthcare in the United States going to look like in the future? And the IOM report is just something that's so huge right now because it's you know trying to create a new pathway for primary care delivery in the nation. So I, I really was happy with the way that things were going. I remember when Kevin emailed me uh, back a couple of months ago saying that he select, he he wanted to use that as the post. And at first I was like, oh. I don't know if this is going to be the greatest ideas, and I, I mean, <laughs> but I knew the post was out there, it was you know on the blog, and it already had some attention paid to it. And I figured, well, I, it, worst thing, you know, the worst worst case scenario is you know I become educated in in how wrong I am, but in actuality, it's really turned into other people educating each other, um, and that that's really the main thing that I wanted to occur. And so far, so good. But uh, we'll see what happens. So, so the so obviously the academy and the board know that you're out there in social media. I mean, have that how's that been received uh, by them? They do. Um, they they know that I'm out there. Uh, I, I have shared uh, several posts with them, um, both from uh, Kevin MD and your site, and uh, uh, as well as mine, and uh, even uh, Dr. Synonymous out there. I've shared some of your posts with the board as well, um, and they are really interested with how the AFP can utilize social media to that effect. Uh, and that's one of the big things that's going to be moving forward. Um, right now I'm trying to remain as uh, low-key as possible, but uh, with how the blog has been taking off, uh, it, it's becoming very, very difficult, um, especially when there are bloggers out there that are legitimate bloggers that will privately ask me, you know, uh, we we want to know who the authors are. We want to know um, who's contributing to this post because they're it's very good content. Um, but we don't we want to know your credentials and you know how how, uh, how authentic are you? Uh, what's your street cred? If you uh, if you want to be a well, well, want to talk about the newer crowd, but uh, it, it's it's been interesting to try to remain low key but have something take off like that so quickly. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I have to be honest with you, Kevin. I just, I, I didn't, uh, I, I almost felt guilty kind of getting you into this because uh, I feel responsible for that. And I, you know, I didn't know how we would be received at the academy, especially with a board member taking such a kind of a public stance. I wouldn't really say stance, but but making yourself more out there than I think what they're accustomed to um, um, from 
uh, from people who are not the officers. Um, I know that they're used to the, the officers being out there, but a medical student out there writing and being out there, um, I wasn't sure how that would be uh, received. So hopefully that, that won't get you in too much trouble. Um, but, but me, you know, myself, you know, I, I'm not immune to this uh, either, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I, I'll just, I'll just mention this at the end of the show here because I know nobody will listen to the end of the show. Uh, so I, so I wrote a post uh, on, uh, on the, the, uh, the new, uh, private social media network that the American Academy of Family Physicians uh, has started. It's called uh, AEFP Connection. If people have questions on what I wrote about, you can go to the post on Wednesday, January 12, 2011. It's called AEFP Connection. And uh, I have a video post there too, along with a text post. And and uh, just kind of my thoughts on just, just when I started to kind of uh, experiment and, and look at the site. And, and uh, you know, functionally, it, it looks pretty good. I mean, uh, I, I didn't find any problems as far as trying to navigate my way around. Um, and uh, they already have a core group of people that uh, they've already uh, had signed up. I presume at the uh, uh, national committee meetings next week that it will heavily promote it and hope to get the active members, meaning the committee members, more involved. Um, is it going to work? I'm not sure. Uh, I even put in the post that I, I doubt it's it's, it's going to work. Uh, I'm kind of pessimistic about it, just from the point that um, you know I, I don't know if physicians are going to you know use social media in general, uh, but there are other other uh, uh, networks out there like Sermo, uh, like Doximity. Um, and some other things um, uh, as far as uh, physicians at the attending level using social media. Um, I don't know if they're going to carve out the time to do that. There has, I think there has to be a value when it comes to using uh, some of this stuff. And uh, uh, I'm not sure if any organization really has found the magic um, formula yet, um, but the AFP you know, connection, it's a decent site. It's a nice site. Um, I don't know if it's really going to work, but I know Kevin, you're you're very excited about this. I know that that, that you've uh, even put there on Twitter that you're, that you're very excited about it. So what, what excites you about the about this new network? Well, for one, I was able to go on my hospital network and actually access it, which was amazing because I can't access anything on my hospital network. So to actually be able to go into a pseudo social media type of uh, application. Uh, which was it was just amazing right off the bat. So that's that's got that got me excited right right away. Um, the the connection was actually brought to the board um, before they really uh, tried to implement it um, as a pilot project of how the AFP was going to try and incorporate social media into uh, its its mission and how exactly it could be used. And uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, um, a little bit more optimistic than you are, of course. Um, but I'm, I'm also hopeful that uh, it, it is another arena where physicians can have good communication with each other, uh, family physicians specifically, um, and hope, hoping that the leaders within the academy also get involved so its members can really feel a part of the AFP community as a whole um, and not just electing these officers and then disagreeing with them and feeling like they're left out in the dark and not able to have their voice heard until the Congress of Delegates are some other meeting where they might have their voice heard, but it might be dismissed. Whereas in this community, you can really bring your comments to life. So uh, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful that that's something that'll come out of it. Um, but we'll see. Um, and uh, Andy, I don't know if you had a, a chance to try it, or, 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 or I don't. Are, are students on this, or, or is it is it just attendings? I guess I don't know who who has access to this. Um, you know, I'm actually surfing it right now, um, and 
And, you know, I, I had absolutely no trouble. You, you sort of click on the link, you put in your password, you agree to the terms of use, and you're up and ready to go. Um, I have to say this is it's actually quite similar to the, um, the AMA launched its own sort of private um, social media sort of gathering site for AMA members. Um, and there's a, um, there's a whole section, there's a whole um, uh, community developed just for the medical students. And I know that from that side of my leadership job, that that's actually been very busy, um, uh, sort of assigning the various other student leaders to post things as, as blog discussions, trying to get as many students involved in that particular community as possible. Um, and I would expect that the AFP is going to want to do the same um, I see that they really only have the two communities right now, the rural medicine and um, one on um, sort of treatment and practice stuff. Um, but, um, I mean, I completely agree. It's very easy to navigate. All the posts are here. Um, lots of information sort of up and at my fingertips. And, um, like I said, no trouble. I don't see uh, – Kevin, you on here? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm on there. Okay. I imagine I'll find you on here somewhere. So, um, now, it's it's a good thing, I think, that, that, that the organizations are putting together sort of these, um, I want to call them, you can call them private networks if you want, maybe, um, you know, to allow open discussion and yet at the same time private discussion. Um, yeah, I think there's there, there's conversations that the different organizations need to be having, um, you know, behind closed boardroom doors or behind closed internet communities that help get work done for the organization while not, you know, misconstruing the organization's mission to idle viewers who might come and see something out of context. Um, so I look forward to seeing where this is going, um, you know, and, and I think 10, 15 years from now we'll all be able to sit back and say, well, hey, you know, we were, we were the founding fathers of this thing. <laughs> uh, social networks. Um, I, uh, I I I bumped the show out here a little bit. We actually have a call, and uh, let's see, let's see, uh, let's see who this is. Hello, who is this? This is Sebastian calling in. I finally called in. Hello, oh, Sebastian. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you guys? How's the Houston. I just caught it in. Much warmer in Houston than it is in Boston. Nice. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, no snow down there. No. <laughs> um, so this, uh, this is Sebastian, who who we talked about earlier, uh, one of the uh, one of the co-authors of the uh, Future Family Medicine uh, blog, uh, futurefamilymedicine.blogspot.com. And uh, so I was hoping that was you there, Sebastian. So. Um, and so, so we gave, already gave you some shout outs during the show here. Uh, so Sebastian, well, why don't you kind of tell us, um, what, what, what do you hope, uh, that, uh, uh, that the blog will do as far as the message that you would, that, that your vision, uh, of the blog to, to be and the message that, that you want to, that you want to give out there about the blog? I think I see the blog as a, as a message of hope and also a message, a, a way to spread knowledge about family medicine. Um, what The blogs I've been trying to write up there have really focused on the positives of family medicine, things that we can do to move forward. Um, also, things that 
challenges that family medicine is facing and ways we are trying to face those challenges, I think. Um, and I hope that potential students who are interested would read it, people who are already active in the field, see um, a student voice as a sign of hope to continue doing the work they're doing. So that's what I really hope that the blog would do, I think. Great. Right. And I asked uh, Kevin and Andy already, uh, uh, can you share with us a little bit about uh, um, your, your, your path towards uh, medical school? What, what, uh, what made you kind of, what drew you towards medical school and, and uh, what draws you towards uh, family medicine as, uh, as your specialty? So I was drawn to <clears throat> medical school to start off with because I was exposed at an early age um, to kind of the medical world. My dad had cancer when I was in eighth grade, and that really affected me, and it really um, brought me to, I guess, interaction with the medical community. And I just saw after that I volunteered at hospitals, and I just saw how much people in medicine would do to accompany people who are suffering. That's really one of my goals going to med school is really to accompany people through suffering and through hard times um, and to also share joys with them. Um, and I've always been interested in the primary care field because I've always thought that developing long-term relationships with patients has been really important to me. Um, and really family medicine encompasses all of that. Um, it encompasses the relationship building. It's very holistic. Um, I was a sociology undergrad major, and I really want to work towards the social determinants of health as well as looking at individual health, and I think family medicine is in a good place to do that because it really looks at the perspective of the family and how it's involved in health, hence the family and family medicine, and how the community is involved as well. And so I want to bring all those things together um, when I come out and practice. Um, and uh, you're in a leadership position uh, at the Society of Teachers for Family Medicine, and I'm reading from their website here. The Society was founded in 1967 to respond to the needs of family medicine educators. We're talking about educators here. Uh, from a small beginning of 105 founding members, have grown to nearly 5,000 teachers of family medicine. These teachers include medical school professors, preceptors, residency program faculty, residency program directors, and all involved in Family medicine education. Uh, so, Sebastian, what 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 kind of drew you to run for a leadership position at the STFM? What what is what is really cool about the STFM for especially medical students who may not know much about it? So, I think what's cool about it and getting involved as a medical student is it's it's a group of people who are excited about teaching medical students about family medicine and. You don't really get that group of people anywhere else. And I've met so many interesting people who are really excited about students, really excited about residents, and really want to get them involved. Um, and I've hopefully met people that I work with during the rest of my career. I'm actually right now, I just arrived in Houston at their SDFM Medical Student Education Conference. And last year was my first time attending, and I'm looking forward to some of the same this year. Um, and I just learned so much about innovations in family medicine education, cool things that people are doing with um, online education, um, new group models of learning. Um, and I'm, it's just been, I've been at the forefront of learning and teaching in family medicine, and it's just been amazing, I think. Wow. So, uh, so how long are you going to be in Houston? How long, how, how long is the meeting, and, and are, you, are you presenting there? 
I am not presenting, um, but I'll be in Houston until Sunday. Um, the meetings start this evening. Um, we'll have a full day meetings Friday and Saturday and a half day on Sunday. And then I'm part of the board that will meet Saturday afternoon and Sunday for the whole day. Great, great, great. Um, So do do, uh, um, do, do you go to other – what other STFM meetings do you go uh, to uh, during uh, during your uh, leadership year? So this year I also went to the North American Primary Care Research Group. I think I got that right. Yeah, it's the acronym is NATCRIG conference. Um, The STFM board met there, and that's a gathering of – primary care researchers, mainly family medicine researchers who do research in a broad number of fields from education to chronic diseases to different practice models. Um, It was a very interesting conference. I haven't been exposed to the research community like that before. Um, I also go to the SAFM annual meeting, which is in April. This year it's in New Orleans, and it will be during the Jazz Festival. Um, And then, of course, I go to the national conference for students in Kansas City in July as well. Oh, great! I'm going to be I'm going to be in New Orleans. Yep. I'm going to be presenting there um, about uh, family medicine and social media. So it'll be great. Uh, it'll be great to catch up uh, with you there. And uh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll tweet out to Kevin and Andy. We'll be when uh, when we're in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to join tweet. I think. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll we'll, we'll sign you up. It'll be uh, it'll be a good time. There's nothing like trash talking from a meeting uh, with people who are who are sitting at home being bored. It's a good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I can't think of anything else. Did, did I? Uh, did, did I forget anything there, uh, there gentlemen? I think. Uh, oh, something, something else I did want to uh, give a little shout out to. Um, it was a little news item here, uh, which I think is very exciting. It was uh, announced by the AFP, I believe, last week that the uh, AFP membership hit a uh, all-time high and uh, going above ninety-seven thousand uh, members so that's uh, that's big news i know uh, especially a year ago um there's a lot of discussion um about uh the healthcare debate and there was a lot of discussion about potentially losing members and uh, uh there was a very much concern at the national level but uh, it was it was uh, interesting to to see that uh, that they did hit a all-time high uh kevin i would i would imagine that the leadership is uh, very excited about that yeah, we're very excited, of course, you could imagine, um, especially with everything that went down the past year or so, um, as far as different stances we've taken um, with uh, some of the healthcare care uh, reform or non-reform, uh, repeal or non-repeal, as you would uh, call it. Um, uh, so we were, you know, we were concerned that that uh, affected some membership, as well as uh, some of our partnerships with certain um, said corporations um, that uh, uh, that some members were not uh, that really uh, thrilled about uh, without going into any more uh, than we need to. Um, we already know everything about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, 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 you're such a you're such a politician, man. That was so politically correct that I am I am I'm proud and I'm sad at the same time that you said that. That was, that was that was so perfect. So nice job with that. 
Yeah, I have I have some very good mentors, uh, but uh, regardless of that, um, we were thrilled and I wouldn't say surprised, but uh, taken aback by the fact that we've hit an all-time high in membership despite all these issues. Um, people really care about failing medicine. Um, they they know that uh, everyone can't be happy. Um, we're going to lose members to certain things, and you know that that's that's life. Um, but a lot of good programs that the AFP has done to retain membership is um, helping residents that graduate from the residency as they become new physicians, uh, cutting them breaks and figuring out ways to retain them as they go out into practice, um, as well as medical students. Um, now now we have uh, membership for free. Um, so that takes a lot of load and burden off of the states uh, that used to help and provide uh, the membership coverage for the students. Now they can take that money and use it towards student initiatives and pipeline issues. And it's just really, really great that in light of all of this, the family medicine community can come together and even with disagreements, um, still remember, you know, it is all about the patient. It's all about our specialty um, and just to really be, be at the forefront of where we need to be. Great, great. Um, um... Well, I'm going to start to close things up here. Well, I'm going to head around the table here one more time with one more question here. So, um, um, so, so Sebastian, I'll, I'll, I'll go first with you. Is and this, this will be for everybody as well. Is is uh, once you guys tell me, um, you know, why um, why should students, you know, be become leaders, um, you know, be leaders in our specialty, be leaders in medicine. Because um, I know Sebastian, you're you're going to really, you know, one of the responsibilities of a leader is 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 to make sure that that uh, you know that that you get that you help uh, inspire and choose the next leaders, uh, especially for your own position. Um, so so Sebastian, want you to tell me, um, you know, why should medical students be leaders? Why is it important? Now more than ever, that that students should be should be leaders, and not only in their specialty, but but in medicine in general. I think we always have to keep the big picture in mind, which is looking at what we're ultimately trying to accomplish, which is improving the health of people, um, and whether it's in America or globally. Um, and I think in the face of the changing healthcare system now, um, medical students have a huge part to play in defining the type of systems and um, situations that we want to practice in because there's so much going on in healthcare policy and reform that we're really defining healthcare for the next generation right now, I think. And uh, Andy and Kevin, so I'll, so I'll, I'll ask you guys a similar question, um, uh, kind of a two-part question. You know, one, what do you hope to happen at the uh, at the committee meetings, the cluster meetings, and next week when you get all these new uh, newly elected uh, students, some of whom who have never been in a leadership position before, what do you hope will happen as far as trying to 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 uh, to inspire them and and uh, uh, to be the, the the not really the next generation, but 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 the next leaders of the uh, of the organization? And uh, uh, what do you hope will happen? to come out of these meetings just in general as far as, you know, um, the, the direction of, of family medicine, at least uh, at least for this year as far as the initiatives that, that we're taking. Um, well, uh, let, let me rephrase that. Um, but, but why don't we just kind of start with, because uh, I, I do have a specific question for Andy that I'll, that I'll ask. So, but, um, so Andy, but, 
what do you hope will happen at the cluster meetings as far as you know, trying to to uh, invigorate uh, and to inspire the, these some of these newly elected student leaders? Um, well, I'll say there's there's two things that I would like to see happen, and I think that you know it, it's the nature of committee work that, that these things usually do happen. Is one, as I hope that we get some things done. And then two, I hope we come up with, for each one of those things we get done, I hope we come up with at least two or three more things to do. Um, you know, if not for the work that continues to needing to be done, these committees would really have no place. Um, you know, so I hope that the people that come in, I hope they bring as much of a fresh perspective, a lot of energy to the different um, commissions that they're going to be sitting on. I hope that the commissions are able to accomplish all of the things that they set out to do in their um, rather dense handbooks. And then, you know, I, I hope that we continue the momentum that I think has been going on, you know, at least in my two years on these commissions, you know, and finding new things to explore and new topics to discuss and, um, you know, the possibilities of new connections and new um, Sort of new undertakings for the academy as a whole. And uh, Andy, let, let me follow up with you because you're you're kind of the the, the keeper, or at least the, the student keeper of, of the huge um, student meeting that'll take place uh, this summer. Um, what do you what do you hope will happen there? What, what's kind of your wild and crazy dream as far as you know uh, making a difference? Um, at, at the student level um, with with your meeting planning and, and getting ready for this huge meeting this summer? Um, wow, <laughs> loaded question there. Um, but number one is I hope that the trend we've seen over the last couple years in attendance um, and this upward trend in membership is once again displayed. I mean, I, I just hope that as many people who can physically get themselves to Kansas City at the end of July can get themselves to Kansas City. And even if they come for one day's worth of programming, I, I just hope that everyone comes out and gets and gets a sense of what this is like. I can't tell you the number of students, um, you know, even at my own school, that, that come up to me after their first time at the meeting and say, holy crap, was that intense, to see all of the residencies, and to see the, the variety of programming, you know, that would be my biggest dream is that is that the membership once again, is, or the attendance once again, you know, sets a new record for us. Um, you know, in terms of the nitty-gritty, I mean, every, you know, any planner wants everything to go well. Um, you know, we've got some lofty aspirations as far as potential main stage lectures. Our topic this, uh, this year, very fitting, is public health. Um, you know, I, I believe there is an offer out to the Director of Health and Human Services, uh, Kathleen Sebelius, to come and um, present one of those main stages um, and really show people that, you know, uh, sort of another aspect, another flavor of family medicine um, that I think a lot of people often just sort of ignore is, is the role in public health, the role in making sure that that the American population as a whole is staying as healthy as possible, um, as opposed to the nitty-gritty coming in and getting your sniffles 
and, and all that kind of stuff, your bug bites, your rashes, all those little things that they think family doctors do that's monotonous, but seeing that, that the big impact that family medicine can have on the public um, and the country as a whole. Well said, uh, and if you know if 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 you're if you need anybody you know to to give a uh, a perspective on uh, social media or an opinion about it, I think I might know somebody about that. Uh, I, nom- I nominate <laughs> you, Doctor Anonymous, to be a uh, main stage speaker on the uh, future of social media in your uh, family medicine practice. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Only only if you're really desperate. Um, but uh, uh, so 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 Kevin, close this up here for us. So so there's, so there's going to be this new group of students that, that are going to be coming to this meeting. Some of them, you know, that you met uh, at last year's meeting, very excited, very pumped up, never ran for a position before. They come here, they get these 15 pound agenda books. Um, <laughs> How do you uh, kind of, uh, you know, mentor them and, and say, hey, this is, you know, this is overwhelming, but, but you know, how do you kind of channel that energy um, and, and to inspire them to, to, to continue the work that, that the great student leaders are doing for the AFP? Well, the amazing part is, is that around this time last year, I was in the same exact position that they were in re- receiving these 20 to 25-pound packets uh, and addendums showing up on your doorstep every few days as well. Um, trying to make sense of all of it. Uh, what what area am I going to put my two cents in? Um, what is this going to experience going to be like? Uh, knowing that all these well-renowned physicians, including the board of directors, was going to be in attendance and kind of feeling like you're under the microscope because they really want your perspective. So it's like, uh they they really want my input and it it really is valued here and I really don't want to screw this up. Uh so in in, in terms of really trying to figure out um what to do, um it's it all comes down to, you know, remember what got you to that point, um and how you ended up where you were. Uh, and it really is being yourself, bringing your experiences, bringing what other medical students around you are saying or hearing or what they're doing, what they're affected by, and letting the you know the physicians in the community know that these are issues that we're facing. Uh, so as far as the newly elected uh, family medicine leaders uh, that are students specifically, um, I would give them that same that same type of information, that same type of guidance is just be yourself, do what got, do the things that got you there, and really don't be afraid to speak up. Uh, even though these are renowned physicians in a room um, trying to get things done for the future of our specialty, your opinion, your your values are very, very important um, to what everyone um, brings to the table. Uh, so just not being afraid to really get up there and say what you need to say and not be afraid to do it. Um, going forward, we're in a, you know, another unique position um, as far as student leadership is in the academy um, because now we're, uh, in, in the past, uh, I know, Andy, uh, you, uh, you're definitely aware of this and Sebastian, is that some of the positions like mine and Andy's require um, specific um, uh, prerequisites and other leadership in the academy before being able to apply for this. Um, type of position, um, and now uh, with the national chair, we're uh, we're opening it up to the regional coordinators and saying that that's a, that's an experience that is you know valuable and an experience that 
you you know is is pretty much adequate for you to be able to put on a national event and uh, just bringing more students into the leadership and allowing them to run for all these positions. So we we do have a unique position this year, and I know there are a lot of well-qualified um, candidates uh, that could be up for both the national chair and for the student member of the board, which hasn't happened in the past, which is really, really, really nice. Um, it, it's good to see that there are so many qualified and well-respected student leaders uh, in the AFP that are that are really coming up the pipeline, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that other students see that, you know, you, you work your way up, you, know, you run for these positions, don't be afraid. Like I said before, do what you, what got you to that point. Um, just be yourself and reach out to the community. Everyone has a voice, everyone has a perspective, and we're future physicians. We're going to be leaders in a practice. We're going to be leaders in the community. Why not start now? Learn how to get your message across and that's that's something that you know we need to really bring out to our students, both at the national conference and to all of our newly elected students going to the, the meeting next week. Um, gentlemen, I, I want to thank you so much for 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 being on the show and and, uh, um, and, and tolerating me uh, bumping out the show here and uh, and being on the line here for so long here uh, this evening. Uh, but uh, um, I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, the, the blog is uh, Future of Family Medicine. Blog. You can get there by going to futureoffamilymedicine.blogspot.com. Nominated for Best New Medical Weblog Established in 2010. The voting for that begins one week from today um, at medgadget.com. Medgadget.com. And uh, there's a voting for that. That The voting, I believe, is takes a place over a three-week period, and uh, it's uh, one vote a day, I believe. So tell your friends. Uh, as of right now, um, there are about 12 blogs that are nominated for that. Uh, so, uh, But I think you guys have a really good shot of winning there. So, it's, uh, But this is always a tough category, but, uh, but I know that uh, you guys will help get the word out and uh, – and help uh, bring one home for the team. So uh, I wish you uh, the best of luck uh, for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so all of you were, were very were great ambassadors to the specialty here uh, tonight. Um, uh, any uh, any closing thoughts here before uh, before we wrap up the show here? Did I forget anything? Uh. Uh, that, that about sums it up. <laughs> Andy, Sebastian, you got anything? Uh, nope. Uh, I got I got my plug in, so I'm happy. <laughs> all right, good, good. I I I hope you guys uh, share the show uh, with the with the other uh, student leaders there. And uh, um, I, I again, I appreciate you you uh, uh, coming on the show and talking about this. And uh, I hope you guys uh, spread the word not only about this but about social media and about your blog. Because uh, I really think that's where things are going as far as communication, uh, not only with our peers but uh, with the public. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I just want to say again, I'm very happy with 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 the, with the high quality of the blog, um, and I know that will continue because uh, you guys are just doing doing great stuff over there. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks. All right. 
Great. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We'll talk very soon. And, uh, you know, I'll see you guys out there, you know, uh, on, on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're not signed up for Twitter and Facebook, then uh, we'll, we'll, I know you guys will, you know, take care of that at whatever student meeting you're at next. <laughs> to, uh, to get people out there. So, and Sebastian, thank you for calling in late. I appreciate you. I know you were traveling and I know that I will, I'll see you in New Orleans. So we'll definitely have to get together there. Okay, I'll see you there. All right, guys. So thanks a lot. Good luck at the uh, at the cluster meetings next week. Keep me updated. Let me know uh, what's going on, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll all talk very soon. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. All right, kids. So even though it says five minutes left, I'm going to end the show early here. So uh, I want to thank again my guests, uh, uh, the. Uh, the, the authors of the uh, Future of Family Medicine blog, you can get there by going to futureoffamilymedicine.blogspot.com. And uh, just a great group of leaders there, and I'm very excited uh, that, uh, that they're doing such great work, not only on the blog, but uh, just, just being you know, leaders um, in family medicine. Our specialty is in very good hands. Uh, that ends the show here for me here this evening, kids. So I'll be back one week from today. Uh, January 27 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. That's 8 p.m. Central time, including Kansas City time. Just saying. Uh, my guest will be the one and only Kevin Foe. Kevin M.D. himself will be uh, talking about topics including his talk at the Texas Medical Association on Saturday, January 29. That will be streamed live on Ustream. Uh, so those of you who are in committee meetings on Saturday, if you get bored, you can watch Kevin MD uh, live stream. <laughs> so uh, I am Dr. Anonymous. You can get there by going to uh, DrAnonymous.com, DrAnonymous.net, DrAnonymous.org. I am out of here, kids. Have a good night, everybody. Stay warm out there, especially those people who are in the cold and snow. Good night, everybody.
You gotta be stronger 